Welcome to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. For free rankings, player values, waiver wire tips, and trade advice, follow him online at dynastyfreaks.com or email dynastyfreaks at gmail.com. Hello and greetings from Austin, Texas. Welcome all of you Dynasty Freaks. Admit it, you are addicted to Dynasty. I am too. My name is Justin Christopher and I'm a Dynasty Freak, which means I love drafting, trading, scouting, and managing all my teams 365 days a year. So to you, so let's talk some Dynasty on episode 190. Next two pod, this podcast and the next one, I'm actually going to talk about the players that I have uh, most rostered on my uh, squads. And so it's going to be fun just to look back. It's something I like to do each year. Uh, just look back at which players I have the most shares of on my Dynasty rosters. Uh, I kind of want to take that minute just to kind of remind myself of how I acquired those players and then kind of evaluate my process and having them on my on so many of my teams. And then I like to assess whether it's wise or not to have them on, you know, be kind of overweight with those players or not. Um, I still have two rookie drafts to complete, believe it or not. Do one in Labor Day, and then I've got one that's like a, it's a complex league with a bunch of podcasters. Um, it's 48-team league. We still haven't set the date for our uh, podcast, so that's a drag. But uh, that means that these aren't complete because I still have these two rookie drafts, which I'm sure some of the players might overlap. But still, looking at my teams that are almost complete now, what I wanted to do is assess which ones I have at least 33% of shares uh, in my leagues. I'm in nine uh, dynasty leagues, so players where I have three or more of them on my rosters are going to fit that qualification. Those will be the ones that I discuss today. Naturally, as you would guess, these are players that I like the most if I have them you know, on my squads. But sometimes the players, you know, are ones that are aging and ones that I should think to get rid of. And so I'll talk some about that as well. This, this time I'm going to start just with the quarterbacks and running backs and tight ends. Uh, found that I have about 10 of those where I have 33% shares. And then the next podcast will be on the wide receivers where I've got 11 wide receivers that I have uh, in 33% of my league. So let's start with the quarterbacks. Here's the quarterbacks that I have the most shares of. First would be Jameis Winston. I have four shares of him. So... Um, meet, meets the criteria. Uh, I've had Winston on my team so long, on, honestly, that it's pretty hard for you to remember how I acquired them, but I have them in four of, uh, leagues, and they're all one-quarterback leagues. Uh, I inherited him, inherited him in my most recent orphan team that I took over. Um, I drafted him in one startup draft years ago, and I drafted him in one rookie, rookie draft, and then I also traded Jared Goff for him in one league uh, way back when. Um, I put up with Winston's interceptions and sloppy play for years just because the Bruce Arians years and those Bruce Arians years in Tampa Bay were so uh, so fantastic. And I think his proven you know production caused me to hold on to him these last few down years, even through that last injury last year. I only traded him away in one league. So believe it or not, at one time I had five shares of Winston. I traded him away in one league, but traded still have him in four. Uh, before Winston signed his new contract in New Orleans, that's what I, the one I traded him. I traded him straight up for Carson Wentz after he first signed with Washington. That's a trade now that I regret. I'd rather have Winston uh, than Wentz, but at the time he was uh, Winston was unsigned, and well, I regret that one. But I still have four shares of him. Uh, Winston has every chance to bounce back, you know, to fantasy relevance uh, this season, especially since the Saints, you know, stocked him up with Jarvis Landry and Chris Olave, and Michael Thomas. Hopefully, will be back. So I really believe that Winston will be in starting lineups for, you know, for a lot of my teams, even in these one quarterback leagues. He might be a guy that I start often um, in, the, in the next years uh, to come now that he's got that contract in New Orleans and increased weapons. Next quarterback that I have the most shares of is uh, Justin Herbert. I have three shares. So 33% of my uh, teams, I have uh, Justin Herbert. All three of my Herbert shares were acquired during rookie drafts. 
and they're all in one quarterback leagues. And Herbert fell to me, you know, in rookie drafts, just like he fell behind Joe Burrow and to, and to a Tugavola in the NFL draft. And in one case, I even traded up into the second round of a rookie draft to select Herbert. So that's how I got my shares of him. Uh, two years later, he's my third-ranked dynasty quarterback overall behind only Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. I'm thrilled to have 33% of my uh, teams with Herbert on them, of course. <clears throat> One of the reasons that I drafted Herbert in many rookie drafts is that before his senior season, he was you know, the consensus top quarterback in that class. And all the experts and all the Debbie people were saying that he'd be the first quarterback drafted. However, his final season in Oregon was not his best. And then Burrow and Tua had fantastic seasons. And then he fell behind them, not only NFL draft, but he fell behind them in all of our rookie drafts. And one of my thoughts that I've kind of carried with me through the Justin Herbert experience is that then when a player is thought to be the very best Debbie prospect at his position, and then one year later falls significantly uh, behind other players of that position, I like to lean on the fact that they once were the top Debbie quarterback, in this case for Herbert. It doesn't always work out, uh, but it did for me when I drafted Herbert. Next player, quarterback that I have the most shares of, 33% of Daniel Jones. I've got him in three of my nine leagues. Um, I added Daniel Jones in all of my shares of him via trade and the waiver wire at the end of last season. So these are all been recent shares that I've picked up. In, uh, in two, of my, two of my leagues, there's one quarterback leagues. I picked him up off waivers at the end of the season. He was just on waivers in these one quarterback leagues. One of those two leagues is transitioning to a super flex season too. So I thought that was a great steal. We're moving to super flex next season, so in the 2023. And then a pretty bold mood move, uh, I traded away my 2023 first round pick for Jones in a super flex league where my other two starting quarterbacks were kind of mediocre, Jared Goff and Kirk Cousins. I wanted to get a third quarterback. I may live to regret that one if Jones doesn't have the breakout year that I think he's going to have under new coach Brian Dayball. Um, that's, you know, what I'm banking on right here. You've heard me say it before, I think, on previous podcasts. I'm definitely in the minority, but I think that he is going to do just that. They've surrounded him with weapons through the draft and free agency the last two years, and I can't believe that Saquon Barkley is going to miss another season due to injuries. That would be terrible. I'm hoping that 2022, it's the year for Daniel Jones, the Giants, and his dynasty managers. Finally, there's another quarterback that actually I have uh, three shares of. That's Matt Ryan, of all quarterbacks. <laughs> all three of my Ryan shares have come during startup drafts, believe it or not. Uh, two from one, two are in one quarterback leagues, and uh, that I drafted him, you know, more than five years ago in these these startup drafts. And one was from a dispersal auction draft in a superflex league that I actually participated in this year. So I picked up a Ryan share this year in a dispersal draft that was an auction. Uh, for years, Ryan was reliable, kind of yet under the radar, kind of a consistent top twelve producer in Atlanta. While he, you know, was paired way back when when I had him with Julio Jones and Roddy White, Tony Gonzalez even and then later in his career with Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley. Uh, he's become far less productive, that's for sure, in recent seasons. And his dynasty value has kind of hit an all-time low last season before getting traded to Indianapolis, where he sees just a little bit of a bump, perhaps. Um, if his resurgence in Indianapolis, uh, if he does resurge there in Indianapolis, I think I'll look to sell him off my teams in those one-quarterback leagues especially. But there's not a significant market for him, so it's going to be kind of a player that I think I might just have to have on, you know, to carry him out for the rest of his days on my squads. I'm pleased uh, that I bought Matt Ryan for $100, which was 10% of my Superflex, my budget in my Superflex dispersal auction that I was in. There's only like five or six starting quarterbacks that were out there via this auction. It was like, I think, four teams bidding, you know, in this dispersal draft, really fun auction that I participated in um, about a couple months ago. And he was the cheapest quarterback. I bought him for $100, and he was cheaper than all the other starting quarterbacks that were picked up in that auction. So I was pleased to have him there as I try to take over this orphan and start 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 anew here 
in that dispersal auction draft. So those are my quarterbacks that I have the most shares of. Now let's move to running backs. I don't have too many uh, common shares running backs, but here's a few. Miles Sanders, I've got him in four of my nine leagues. Sadly, Sanders is my most rostered running back. Uh, Sanders was my second-ranked rookie in the 2019 class, higher than any other analyst or managers had him. So I was able to draft Sanders uh, pretty often. I got him in two rookie drafts in uh, 2019. I also traded Terry McLaurin for him last season before the season started, where I was really weak at running back and was really loaded at wide receiver. Uh, still, I feel like that's a regrettable decision right now, even though I still believe in Sanders' talent. But he's just been limited, in my opinion, by the coaches' offensive coaches and their offensive philosophies in the last two years by the legs of Jalen Hurts since he's been on the team. So that stinks. Uh, he's still the best all-around running back on the team. He can't play worse than he did last season when he didn't score a single touchdown. But I've been unable to sell Sanders because his dynasty value is just too low right now. In two of my leagues with Sanders, I've um, rebuilt my running back room, and so he's no longer even needed to start on my team. But in the other two, he's actually a must-start because my running backs are still so bad in those leagues. If there's any resurgence that he has this season that causes his dynasty value to rise, I'm really going to hope to find a buyer. Uh, but it's got to be, you know, it's got to be the right, you know, the right price. I don't just want to give him away. Fortunately, it might be a player that I'm just stuck with. Next running back that I have a lot of shares of is Naheem Hines. Three leagues, so 33% for him. For some reason, I ended up with Naheem Hines on three of my rosters. I don't ever remember him as being a player that I really targeted like like Miles Sanders was in that case. Um, but, you know, it's, he's on my team, and I think it's kind of, you know, good. Um, I'm not positive really where I picked him up. I think I picked him up off the waiver wire. There were two teams where I actually had Marlon Mack, and I think I probably picked him up as a, as a handcuff to Marlon Mack back in the day. And then, of course, they drafted Jonathan Taylor. Um, I know that I also inherited him in my most recent orphan team that I took over just a month ago. Um, I'm pleased to have Hines on my rosters in all three cases. Uh, two leagues are half PPR and one is full PPR, and he's a suitable player to put in as kind of like a last flex position player um, in these leagues just due to his involvement in the Colts passing game. And if the OTA reports are accurate, he's going to be even more involved with Matt Ryan uh, leading the team this season too. So pretty happy to have Naheem Hines, even though I don't really remember targeting him. Strangely, my third running back that I have three shares of, 33% of my leagues, is Mark Ingram. Crazy. As old as he is, I still have three shares of Ingram, who may be the Saints starter for the first few weeks of the season if Alvin Kamara is suspended. In one league, I added him off the waiver wire uh, last year, and I just picked him up off the waiver wire in another league where that I just inherited that orphan team. He was still out there. And then another league, I traded Boston Scott for Ingram at the end of last season. Um, and so that's how I got all my shares of Ingram, two off the waiver wire, one from a low-grade trade with Boston Scott. And the league that I had traded for Ingram that at the end of last season is when I had Alan Kamara on my team, and when he was hurt, I wanted to have his backup. Ingram's still you know, a startable running back when Kamara's suspended or injured. Uh, he really has done well. I've kept him on my team just because of that fact, and have added him to the team, like I said a few weeks ago, after hearing about Kamara's suspension, uh, now that that looks more certain. Uh, he's old, can't do much to improve my dynasty value. You know his dynasty value, even if he starts well. So I imagine he's just going to kind of be one of those guys that stays on my team until his career ends, or at least until his time at New Orleans ends after this season. Like I said, I'll do receivers next week, but thought I'd mention a few of my court, or tight ends that I have the most shares of. I've got several. Zach Ertz, I've got four shares. So if you listened last week, you know that I traded for Ertz twice this last off season. So I had two shares. Now I have four. I traded away Melvin Gordon for him straight up in one league, and then Albert O uh, for him straight up in one league as well. Um, I paid $80 out of a $1,000 budget uh, for Ertz in my dispersal auction draft that I mentioned that I, that I just participated in. And then my fourth share of Ertz, 
um, is my oldest dynasty team. And so I literally don't know how I got him on my team. I don't know how long he's been on my team, but he's had. And I guess I never traded him away when he had those struggling years um, in Philadelphia. I still believe, you know, that Ertz, like I said last week, I'm not going to rehash everything that I said, but I believe in Ertz. I think he's going to have six to ten targets a week in Arizona and finish among the top 12 tight ends um, for at least two more years before Trey McBride becomes the Cardinals' leading tight end. Uh, he's going to be in my, you know, many of my starting lineups over the next two seasons, I'm certain, and even could be a flex-worthy player on teams where I have another really startable tight end as well. I think that's how much action he's going to get in the coming seasons. Next, not as proud about this one, but I have Logan Thomas in four of my leagues. Not too proud to say that Thomas is among my most rostered players, but he's a you know definitely a back-of-the-roster player that I've just not been willing to drop, um, even after the injury that he sustained really two last season. He's still a starting tight end on a league that, you know, in a roster that uh, d- just doesn't have anyone else better than him. Uh, last year, in a free agent auction, I, I signed him to a two-year deal in the salary cap league. Um, I picked him up off waiver wires in two leagues, and then one league I traded McCole Hardman straight up for him to acquire him a couple years ago. Uh, Thomas has averaged five targets and nine fantasy points per game last season when he was healthy, and he scored in three three touchdowns in five games when he was healthy. So... I believe that he can bounce back this year. He's under contract through 2024, has no competition behind him since Ricky Sills-Jones has signed with the Giants. I think it'll take some time for him to recover from his ACL and uh, maybe a little bit more time to build rapport with Carson Wentz, but I just believe that he can do it. Um, he's not a player you know, that I really considered cutting, uh, even you know when it comes to roster cut time. I want to give him one more chance to see what he can do. And then this one's really wild. Another player that I have four shares of at tight end is Moali Cox. Uh, All of my Allie Cox shares were added after this year's rookie draft. So I have four shares of Cox, uh, Allie Cox, um, and they all came after rookie draft. So they just picked them up really recently. And that's because in these these leagues that I picked them up in, our rosters balloon up by five or more players. And then there's a cut date immediately following the preseason game. So uh, Mo Allie Cox is definitely one of the players that I might be cutting uh, because he's definitely one of the last players that I've added to my roster during this time when we can have five or more players um, on our squads until a cut date. Uh, Matt Ryan's always involved as tight ends, as you know, as has Coach Reich in Indianapolis. Jack Doyle retired, leaving Allie Cox as the most experienced tight end on the, on the team. The Colts did draft Kylan Granson in the fourth round two years ago, and then last, last year, Jelani Woods in the third round. But um, either, you know, could very well become the future starting tight end on the team, but right now it has to be Allie Cox. I highly doubt uh, what I wanted to do is just really want to see what happens this preseason. And God willing, uh, they'll have like target him a lot during the preseason. It'll become obvious that he is their starting tight end. And if so, he might make the cut date. Um, strangely, this back of the roster guy, Moali Cox, he's currently one of my most rostered players just because I've added him in recent recent weeks. I'll be back, I think, next week. Um, my schedule's going to change in the next coming weeks because of travels and some family obligations and some fun, just vacation stuff. And so I'll try to report back on all the wide receivers that I have the most shares of. There's 11 that I have at least 33% shares of, and I'm real excited about most of them. Anyway, this just gives me a chance to talk about some players, talk about how I value them, why I have them on so many rosters. Hope that you maybe have these players and might think about picking them up, or the ones that I said I'm not too fond of having so many shares, maybe you could trade them. So we'll see what happens. Thanks uh, for listening. I do appreciate it. Make it a two-way conversation anytime by contacting me at dynastyfreaks at gmail.com. That's dynastyfreaks at gmail.com, dynastyfreaks with two E's. Much better on email than I am on Twitter, so contact me that way. I'd be honored if you take time to rate and review the podcast. That would mean a lot to me. Thanks for listening. I appreciate your support. I do want to become your most trusted, independent voice in the Dynasty landscape.
Until next time, you know what to do. Go out there, get freaky. Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. We welcome your thoughts and advice. Let us know what you'd like to hear on the podcast or see on the website to help you dominate your league. Justin prides himself in responding to every email, so hit him up anytime at dynastyfreaks at gmail.com and follow him on Twitter at LonghornJustin. Justin.